0: The following sermon was delivered on Sunday, February 20th, 2022, at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation in Andover by the Reverend Callie Fire. The title of the sermon is Interesting Things About Circles. Here begins the sermon. God is a circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. These are the words of the mythical mystic teacher Hermes Trismegistus. The circle is a whole made up of equal valuable parts. There's no beginning and no end. Just as the circle mirrors, mirrors equality, it also speaks symbolically about how everything is connected. It reinforces the idea that when we gather to make connections, we strengthen every part as well as the whole community. When we form a circle, we are part of a community of equals striving for depth and meaning. We are on a journey. It is the traveling itself that is important, not the destination. Anathea Francine talks about the significance of the form of circle. When we sit in a circle, she says, it reminds us that the point of reference is in the middle and the middle is both empty and full of everything. Everyone is equidistant from the middle, so there is no sense of hierarchy. The point of reference changes as different people speak. It is a different kind of focusing and a different type of awareness about relationships to one another and to the whole. Despite this symbolism, it is often suggested that the very idea of circles is problematic, divisive, and even something to be done away with. There was in fact a statement in the UU resources for this month's theme of widening circles, that states, quote, don't we know that on the edge of circles, hate makes its home, end quote. But this idea does not work for me. One of the principles of ecologically-based permaculture practices, the principle use edges and value the marginal, directly counters that idea. This principle is based on the interface between things as the place where the most interesting events take place. These are often the most valuable and diverse and productive elements in an environmental system. They are where different environments interact. That area is a fertile one in nature and should be in society as well. The meeting and interaction of different cultures, genders, age groups, and belief systems can be a fertile zone of ideas, solutions, and inspiration. The circle is a profound transcendent symbol. It is said to represent wholeness, completion, inclusion, the life cycle, heaven, eternity, and even the universe. Yet circles are not just symbolic. They are a natural ph- physical phenomena. The building blocks of humankind, of our own DNA, are built from spirals or stacked interlocking circles. In the whorls of our fingertips, the irises of our eyes, our cells, and the egg that gave each of us life, we are made of circles. And we live on a circular planet that receives light, Of our circular life-giving sun. Our survival depends on circles. In September, I delivered a sermon, Draw the Circle Wide, and I shared then that contrary to the idea we might resist creating circles, it is innate within our human nature to do so. Circling or identifying our community began as a drive to protect one's kin and over time, developing into a consciously chosen ethic with an expanding circle of moral concern. Indeed, the history of our species has been the story of our struggle to live together, a continuous cycle of evolving definitions of we and they. The idea of widening circles, of continuously challenging the we and they is important for us as Unitarian Universalists. It is the act of living into our call to build and sustain beloved community. Admittedly, it's difficult to describe this thing that we long for, this beloved community. It is an amorphous, ever shifting need to bond with others rather than an identified destination. We use words like community and connection, but it's bigger than that. It is a state of being, a way of living and loving in relationship to the whole. And it matters because we have not always been great at it. Reverend Gretchen Haley observes the following about noticing roots of Unitarian Universalist values in current events. She says, we have had times where we have made significant discovery the most important value, which led to our shameful history in eugenics. And we too have been part of colonization, leading to our equally shameful founding of boarding schools for Native Americans. And we too, have prized the sort of rugged or Emersonian individualism that the space chase stories of Jeff Bezos, Elon Elon Musk, and Richard Branson epitomize. We too appreciate calling most sacred the law of our own nature and trusting in our individual selves most of all. But it's important to stay engaged in this conversation, to see this evolutionary cycle of widening our circles, of increasing our concern, compassion, diversity, and inclusion as a product of our human resilience. Resiliency has a forward thrust too, the elasticity to reform, stretch, adjust, and delight in each new vision of purpose which springs us forward, not just back. Our hearts beat strongly, resiliently, when we love and trust each other, even when we disagree. Our transition from resistance through conflict and into embracing change reflects that resilience. And this can be supported and strengthened by a community, indeed must be. In the Resilience Dividend, Judith Roden states, in getting through a crisis, people rarely do or can act alone. They help each other in all kinds of ways rescuing, sheltering, informing, tending, comforting. Such behavior rarely involves acts of heroism, however much the media prefers such portrayals. People generally behave in a crisis as they have always behaved. Just as individuals respond to crisis by directly helping one another, communities respond in ways that go beyond individual connections. A community, by definition, implies some amount of social cohesion. The people within the community care about their connection and want it to thrive. They have a commitment to it. Stephen Covey introduced the concept of circles of concern and influence as a thinking tool for where to focus our energies. So within our circle of concern, are issues such as social or ecological problems, as well as those involving other people. Within our circle of influence are things that we have a much greater ability to maneuver and direct, things that we have more control over. Now for the vast majority of us, our circle of influence where we have control lies inside of our circle of concern, which is where we have anxiety. We cannot influence all the things that we are concerned about. So when we spend our time acting in the outer circle of concern, worrying, generating fear, and playing out disaster scenarios of what could happen, we use up available energy that could be spent in our circle of influence. Our circle of influence then shrinks as a result for the lack of attention and energy. And also because the energy spent in worrying disempowers us. In contrast, when our energy is spent in our inner circle and in our circle of influence, it expands. We widen the circle, we develop and deepen our community. We in, empower ourselves and we become able to tackle some of the issues in our concern that we're at one time out of reach. Returning to Gretchen Haley, in our exhaustion and in our grief, it is understandable that we have lost some of our resolve for the common good. It is understandable that individualism would feel alluring, safer, familiar, deeply familiar, both in how we would interact in the world and how we would want to show up in our church. And it would make sense that we would show up in this moment in our church with a strong tilt toward individualism. We have made so many sacrifices. And individualism, in the words of a colleague, Reverend Cheryl Walker, tastes like food we've been hungering for. And after some time, we would remember that if there was ever a time to lean into true community, it is now. We remember that as Thich Nhat Hanh would say, we inter are. You are of me and I am of you. We are of each other, all of us. This is a time to work together to create the world we want for ourselves and for those we care about. Angel Kyoto Re- Williams writes, it's the community's job to figure out how we can stretch into the so-called margins to broaden our understanding and the ability to be inclusive. Inclusivity is not how do we make you a part of what we are, but how do we become more of you? We have to get clear that an essential aspect of our practice is to shift these things internally for ourselves because our personal liberation, the very thing we come to Dharma for is completely bound up in making these kinds of changes. We heard in the words of Marge Piercy from our reading that Nancy offered today, I want to be with people who submerge in the task, who go into the fields to harvest and work in a row and pass the bags along, who are not parlor generals and field deserters, but move in a common rhythm when the food must come in or the fire must be put out. What is really at the roots of what calls Unitarian Universalists, what calls us, is love. Our principles and our ethics are rooted in our love for those around us, those we care about, our families, our neighbors in need, and ultimately for ourselves as well. Let that love be where we return for resilience. We all can be catalysts for change, but change does not come easily and it rarely comes swiftly. We are called in some way by the convictions of the love that's in our hearts and in the foundations of our faith. As individuals, we can only do what we have the strength and resources to do, but when we join together and we move together, we magnify our power.